RAC's post-op podcast is brought to you with the compliments of the Royal Australasian College of Surgeons and leading financial services organisation, the Bongiorno National Network, the preferred choice for medical professionals across Australia. Before the federal election, the coalition had legislated a number of changes to superannuation, which came into effect in July this year. What are those changes, and what do you need to do to take advantage of tax concessions to your own super? For answers, we turn to Michael Walsh, CEO of Chartered Accountants and Financial Advisors, Walsh's. First, Chris Ashmore asks Michael whether the changes to super overall have been positive. Chris, overall they're quite positive actually and uh, very beneficial for different age groups in superannuation. Probably the one proviso I'll make that most of the changes effective 1 July 22 were legislated by the previous federal government. We now have a new government, as we know, and they're going to deliver their first federal budget in October. So we'll have to wait and see if there's going to be any changes to superannuation rules at that stage. So watch this space. Now, I suppose, Michael, could you walk us through some of those changes, starting with the superannuation guarantee contributions? Sure. The superannuation guarantee contribution is the contribution that employers are required to pay on behalf of their employees. As from the 1st of July 2022, the percentage increases from 10% to 10.5%. And by 2025, it's legislated that the percentage rate will increase to 12%. The other change from the 1st of July is that prior to that date, the minimum wage a person had to earn was $450 before the employee was obliged to pay superannuation guarantee. The minimum amount of 450 has now been abolished as from the 1st of July 2022. So all employees now are entitled, irrespective of how much they earn in a month, they are entitled to the superannuation guarantee contribution by the employer. The only exception to that rule is if an employee is under the age of 18 years, then the employee must have worked at least a minimum of 30 hours in a week to be entitled. But what it does mean that all employees now will be entitled to the superannuation guarantee, which I think is a positive, but also the younger members, younger employees, will need to join a superannuation fund. Next is the non-concessional contributions. What can you tell us there? The non-concessional contributions, like the concessional contributions, are based on a person achieving and complying with what is called the work test. The work test requires a person to work at a minimum of 40 hours in a 30-day consecutive period to be eligible to make contributions. Now, historically, after age 67, a person can't make contributions unless they do satisfy the work test. The legislation has changed from the 1st of July, where a person aged 67 to 75 can now make non-concessional contributions without the need to satisfy the work test. The other thing with the non-concessional contributions Given that the rules have changed for a person aged 67 to 75, they can also now make use of what is called the bring forward contribution rule. The maximum non-concessional contribution amount for 2022-23 is $110,000. But a person is able to what is called bring forward future contributions for a maximum period of three years. So a person could make in a particular year a contribution of $330,000 into their superannuation fund without needing to pass the work test, provided that they are under age 75, and also that their total superannuation balance at the time the contribution is made is less than $1.7 million. 
And if it's more than $1.7 million? They can't make any more non-concessional contributions. The only contributions they can make is concessional contributions, which are tax deductible. But to make concessional contributions, they must pass the work test. Now, there have been changes to minimal annual pension amounts. There have. Now, the minimum amount is a set amount legislated by the government that requires a person who has their superannuation balance in pension mode or what is called income stream mode, they must withdraw each year a minimum amount for the pension component of the fund to be tax exempt. Due to COVID-19, the federal government halved the rate for each of the various age groups. So, for example, a person who's age 66, prior to the COVID concession, was obliged to withdraw 4% of their pension balance each year as a minimum. For the last two years, that rate has been 2%, so it's been halved. And the legislation now says that concession has been extended to the 30th of June 2023. Well, next on the list is downsizer contributions. What's this about? Okay, this is a very attractive form of contribution for a person who was historically over the age of 65, but as from 1 July 2020, can be age 60 plus, where they sell their main residence, which they've owned for more than 10 years, they're able to contribute $300,000 into superannuation without affecting the other concessional or non-concessional contribution caps. So for example, a husband and wife could put in up to $600,000 as additional contributions into superannuation. I think this is a very attractive mechanism. Uh, It encourages people to gain money away for retirement, but also enables probably people to sell their homes where younger people can buy those homes. Well, the next relates to first home buyers. They've been given a further boost into the property market. It's very true. So prior to 1 July 2022, a person could withdraw up to $30,000 from their superannuation to be used to assist in buying their first home. As from 1 July 2022, the amount has been increased from $30,000 to $50,000. So again, an attractive move. And there are the COVID-19 early release withdrawals. Who does this affect? Okay, so during the COVID period, the federal government legislated that people would be able to withdraw from their superannuation amounts up to $10,000 in order to assist with their cash flow. Also now legislated that that money can be recontributed into their super fund between now and the year 2030 without affecting their other forms of contribution caps. And finally, there's the catch-up contributions. This is very attractive. This is geared for people who perhaps uh, had an interruption to their income, maybe on maternity leave, uh, sick leave or whatever. Therefore, we're not able to contribute up to the maximum contribution level. So what they do now is they can contribute starting from 1st of July 2018, a catch-up for those periods. It has a five-year rolling period, so they can make additional contributions, receive the tax deductions and the tax benefits, and also build up their superannuation. 2022-23 is an important year because the rules started 1 July 2018 with a five-year rolling period. So come June 2023, that first five years will change. So people need to consider what they can do based on cash flow during 2022-23 to take advantage of the catch-up contributions. Well, there's a lot to consider, Michael. In summary, if listeners are needing more detail or advice, what do you suggest? I always say to clients to first of a look at your current superannuation balance. 
where is it, depending upon your age, will it be sufficient to provide a satisfactory and comfortable retirement? Consider your cash flow each year to see if you can top up your superannuation contribution. So if you're employed, the employer will pay probably 10.5%, if not more, but that's the maximum contribution from all sources, employer and personal, is 27500 for the concessional tax-deductible contributions. So if your employer contribution is less than 27500 and your cash flow permits, you can top up your superannuation to that level. Also take advantage of what is called the contribution catch-up. And I think that's a very important strategy. So if you have been away from the workforce for a period of time, uh, there's ability to catch up over those years. And finally, I suppose if you're aged over 67 and you are not working, then you should make advantage of the new non-concessional contributions without the need to meet the work test. Michael Walsh, Walsh's. Please remember, as this general advice has been prepared without taking account of your objectives, financial situation or needs, you should consider the appropriateness of this advice before acting on it. If this general advice relates to acquiring a financial product, you should obtain a product disclosure statement before deciding to acquire the product. RAC's Post-Op Podcast is brought to you with the compliments of the Royal Australasian College of Surgeons and leading financial services organisation, the Bongiorno National Network, the preferred choice for medical professionals across Australia. You can reach the Bongiorno National Network on plus 613 9863 3111.